Coming to you from Brick House in downtown Brooklyn, this is 112BK. On the show today, Haiti, eight years after the earthquake, 15 months after the hurricane, and less than a week after the White House shitstorm, and a Brooklyn-based children's music project. Hi, I'm Ashley Ford. Welcome to the show. I hope you had an enjoyable weekend. Mine was purposefully chill. You know who I wish had a lot more chill? Donald Trump. On Thursday, the President of the United States reportedly referred to a number of African countries and Haiti as shithole countries, basically on the eve of MLK Jr. Day. He says, I'm not a racist. What? You just play one in the Oval Office to satisfy your base? The thing is, I believe that sometimes people who aren't racist do or say a racist thing. Then, they learn that it was racist and they do better because that isn't who they want to be. But you can't say you're not a racist while you openly and consistently say and do racist things. That's just the truth of the matter. You know, there may have been times when we haven't given the president a fair shake. We don't like him, so we have a tendency to see the worst in his actions. This isn't one of those times. I mean, he grouped Africa and Haiti Countries with mostly black populations, or in one case, a continent with mostly black population, as shitholes, and their people as persona non grata. Then he name-checked people from one of the whitest countries in the world as the best of those we could possibly welcome across our borders with open arms. What's worse is that the people around him tried to rationalize, explain, or dismiss this as simply tough talk. It's racist talk, which leads to racist action, and it's a cancer. It's way too late to catch it early. So let's attack it, and ideas like it, with everything we've got. Nothing's over until it's over. On the show today, a couple of Haitian Americans to hear how they received Trump's comments from last Thursday, and learn how Haiti is faring eight years after the devastating earthquake there. And a singer-songwriter putting out some ridiculous nonsense Hey, I'm not being mean. That's what she calls it. But first, these things. Last week, we brought you news about prisons restricting prisoners' access to books. In New York, the DOC said families could only send books through secure vendors, who had only a small number of titles. We're happy to announce the governor rescinded the ill-advised plan. But there's another problem. These same vendors supply everything, including food, and the food is usually garbage. Well, a Brooklyn woman seeks to change that. She's trying to become the next Amazon service for prisons, but more like Amazon Fresh. We hope to have her on the show soon to talk about this initiative. Till then, stay tuned. According to a Twitter post by State Senator Jesse Hamilton, virtually all of Brooklyn's Community Board 8 exhibits heightened levels of lead in children, matching the levels found in kids in Flint, Michigan at the height of the crisis. Hamilton is urging families in the neighborhood to take advantage of the free lead tests on offer this month at Crown Heights Urgent Care. City Council member for the 45th District, Jumani Williams, announced on Twitter that he's exploring the possibility of running for Lieutenant Governor of New York. We'll have Jumani on the show later this week to talk about this and his arrest last week protesting the detention of an immigrant rights activist and more. Looking forward to that. 
And finally, in today's world, the following might sadly be useful. Brooklyner.com did a little research about what to do in the event of a ballistic missile attack in the borough. This, of course, comes on the wake of the false but hardly improbable alarm in Hawaii this past weekend about an incoming attack. In Brooklyn, you may occasionally notice signs that say, fallout shelter. Well, Brooklyner.com reports that many are relics, but they do give some practical tips and point you to ready.gov, which has some advice that will be worth heeding, like finding a friend who has a cement box for a basement. Good luck. Stay tuned, we'll be back with our first guest. It was about eight years ago that a 7.0 magnitude earthquake struck Haiti's capital region. More than a quarter million people died as a result and another 1.5 million were displaced. In the wake of this disaster, Haitians were given temporary protected status to remain, reside, and work in the U.S. Approximately 60,000 are still here under that status. But last year, the administration announced that status is being revoked and they will have to leave by 2019. Members of the large Haitian-American community right here in Brooklyn have been intimately involved in the recovery, in the efforts to extend TPS, and in the conversation about Haiti's recent characterizations by President Trump. We welcome two of those individuals on the show today. Dr. Andre Peck is executive director of the Haitian-American Community Coalition. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Peck. And photographer Mark Batiste. Welcome to 112BK. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, first of all, let's just open <laughs> with the thing and call the thing a thing. Um, these comments by President Trump, which were not just inaccurate, but I would say racist. How are you feeling about them right now, Mark? Well, as a Haitian American, mm -hmm. I think it was hurtful yeah. more than anything. A place you've never been, you have no knowledge of, and you call it shithole, let's call it like it is. It's not a shit house. you call it a shithole. Excuse my French. I didn't say it, he said it. Now they're trying to backtrack. But he doesn't know the Haitian people, the resiliency of Haitian people. We're not gonna lie down until he apologize. Mm -hmm. So, Mr. Trump, you open a can of worm you should never open. It hurts, deeply. And they're gonna march until we get what we deserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very unfortunate uh, because uh, it shows a lack of um, education, I would say, uh, because of also not really paying attention to our history as uh, Haitians. We have a very long history. Uh, we are being the very first black, uh, you know, country to be independent. Yes. Uh, in 1804, with uh, the heroes such as uh, Jean-Jacques uh, Jean Dessalines and Toussaint Louverture, I know some of you know our history very well, mm -hmm. but I just want to point it out for our viewers. Uh, and also, not only that, after our independence, after pushing uh, the, um, the French out uh, of our country, we didn't stay there. We became the beacon for many other countries. Venezuela is one of them that we help. Even here also, uh, if you go to places uh, such as... Uh, um, Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, we can actually see monuments that have been put together just uh, to commemorate uh, the presence of 750 Haitians mm -hmm. who fought um, uh, in the battle just to give uh, independence to the USA here. Wow. 
So I want to bring this uh, to the attention of our viewers today just to let them know that we may be in a bad situation today, mm -hmm. but uh, we had a very glorious days as Asians. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a lot of Asians here. We are very professionals. Uh, we have uh, doctors or lawyers or we have uh, engineers. We have people at so many levels mm -hmm. uh, in this country participating in the American dream. I am, uh, was born and raised in Haiti. I have uh, all these two, these two countries at heart, Haiti and also the U.S. I know the U.S. Uh, is made of uh, people who are very, uh, uh, would like to share, who are very compassionate, mm -hmm. and uh, this president uh, didn't show any compassion at all. Right. And what do you think, you know, because I always wonder about things like this um, in terms of you know, uh, true ignorance, pure ignorance, versus a willful ignorance. Um, the difference between somebody who knows and somebody who doesn't want to know. And I wonder in this situation, and I would love, um, obviously, for you to try to answer this for me, um, do you think with this president uh, that there is the pure ignorance of just not knowing or the willful ignorance of not being interested enough to find out? First of all, he's a new junkie. He mm. believed what he saw on television, but not reading it. Mm. I think it's pure ignorant to call a nation that you don't even know, you never stand foot on, a shithole, mm -hmm. or people in Nigeria living in, uh, in, in, in tent. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know when you go to Lagos, with Victoria Island, it's almost look like Dubai. That's right. how much construction they're doing in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Let me take it a step back. Yes, as Haitian-American, I went back to Haiti in 1997 and started documenting Haiti since before the earthquake, during the earthquake, and after the earthquake, until now. I might go next month. When you hear that comment and you see the beauty that I see in my Haiti, mm -hmm. in the people, they were, how hard they were. I mean, the government, we have our problem, so is this one. Mm -hmm. But we're trying to be better every day. We're everywhere. We're in Russia, we're in Miami, we're in Boston, we're in New York. Mm -hmm. You know, we in Paris, we're everywhere, and we're trying to do the best we can to help ourselves and our people, and with pride, with dignity, mm -hmm. with respect of one another. This president, 45, have no respect for black people, period. Mm -hmm. You want people from Norway, not Africa or Caribbean? Mm -hmm. right. That's even deeper, that's the deep root of the problem. If you go racist, there's no way going natural television say, I'm not a racist. Only racist people say stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There are people on both sides of the aisle. They've been on both sides of the situation. Right. Understand that. To me, when I'm looking at those comments, I say, that, it can't be sane. Mm -hmm. Something got to be wrong. You never know. I mean, that's one of the things that some people throw in is that, you know, it's a, it's a question of sanity. Other people say it's a question of culture. But the, the way I feel, he lives, I think uh, the president lives in a bubble mm -hmm. and uh, he is uh, not uh, sophisticated enough mm. to make, uh, to know what to say and what not to say. Right. We live in a country where I'm sure that uh, uh, there were probably presidents before him or other people who maybe mm -hmm. think the same way, but they were sophisticated enough to know exactly what to say and what, to, what not to say. Right. He's very impulsive as well. 
uh, and uh, this uh, this uh, impulsion that he is having, like uh, dealing with, uh, because of being the president of the United States, you are also president of the world in some Correct. kind of way. Correct. And uh, there are things that you cannot say. There are things that they are, there is a particular behavior mm -hmm. that you need to have when you are facing a certain certain situations. Right. And you have to keep your calm also mm -hmm. in certain situations. You cannot just have a reflexive type of relationship Absolutely. when someone says something. You just uh, you, you just uh, uh, respond right away and take after. And I think that's very, very dangerous. Uh, and and uh, I will say also to what Mark says, I think um, there is a base of ignorance as well. Right. Because uh, when you are attacking a country like Africa, not mm -hmm. a country, a continent, a continent. because uh, we, yes, yes, exactly. We have uh, more than uh, 50, 50 countries that make up Africa. Mm -hmm. Africa is actually the motherland. That's where all of us originated from. And uh, when you're looking at people phenotypically, mm -hmm. you see the external appearance of, so, of, of someone. But right. we actually, in reality, scientifically, we're actually one race. Mm -hmm. It's uh, because of migration to different parts of the globe that mm -hmm. people get the, the features that they're, 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 they are showing. Right. So when the, and, uh, if you go to the, um, uh, to the molecule of DNA, our DNA molecule, all of us, regardless of our complexions of our races, mm -hmm. has uh, the African DNA that is part of, of, of us. So basically, by denigrating uh, uh, a continent of such as Africa, it's actually denigrating yourself, right. not really realizing where you're from. You're denigrating right? the world, exactly. in a, in a in sense. Yourself. So if we think about it in terms of like, you know, you know, we've created these delineations between ourselves and between people, then we start to think about, you know, what America stands for, what America is supposed to stand for. You know, I think about the fact that I see the Statue of Liberty every time I cross the, the bridge. Mm -hmm. It's the land of the free. So what does it mean when the land of the free does something like revoke the temporary protected status of people who are very much still in need of help with their recovery? But let's not go that far. Look at Puerto Rico. Mm. Puerto Rico is America. Look what they're dealing with right now. And the president's throwing towel, paper towel, mm -hmm. at the audience. To me, that was disgraceful. Mm -hmm. It was tacky. And I don't think the Puerto Rican people love it. They're American, like him. He's also part of immigrant. His great-grandparents come from somewhere. Right. His wife is immigrant. It's called like it is. Mm -hmm. And you're calling those, those type of people you want in the country now. Mm -hmm. African doesn't matter anymore. You want, you know, with, our nose are too wide, with too dark skin, too brown. No such thing. Mm -hmm. Come and, on. Uh, and furthermore, uh, we are all immigrants. The only, uh, the only true uh, Americans are the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. True. We, we are here in, uh, in, in this world. All of us that came at different parts of our history mm -hmm. for reasons um, uh, that are basically pushed us to, to be here. Then no. why would they revoke it? That's what I'm confused about. Why revoke the temporary protected status of Haitians? Right. Not just the Haitian on 2019. Look at right. the DACA situation we're facing right now. Right. Trying to... You know, to those kids that don't even know their country or their origin country where their parent is from. Mm -hmm. They come here as kids. He's trying to send them out. Mm -hmm. What? Because they because mm -hmm. because they they're from Latin America, the Mexican, the Caribbean, the Haitian, mm -hmm. and then. What are you going to do with those people from Norway? You're going to well, keep them? Well, because to someone like him, maybe it just, you know, and this is my thought, 
you know, from his comments, from the way his policy has gone so far, um, even the line that he keeps using, America first, America first. Uh, what it makes me think is that to him, anybody who doesn't look like him and mm -hmm. his family does not belong. I definitely agree, because uh, saying like, uh, uh, let's go back, uh, uh, a, a America first, and uh, let, let's go back to the way things were. So it has always puzzled me, because I always ask myself, uh, which part of the history that uh, he's referring right. to? Right. Um, be, because go back to what? To what? Mm -hmm. We are in 2017. There are many 18. things have changed. Yes, <laughs> We're here. 18. Right. So to go back to what exactly? What, what, what does that actually mean? Because I know that. Um, uh, TPS, temporary protected status, is given to countries mainly when uh, you have uh, some kind of very big disaster, natural mm -hmm. disasters, or mm -hmm. maybe political disasters mm -hmm. in your country. Mm -hmm. So now when we are looking at Haiti at this particular time, mm -hmm. so the case to, uh, to make today to say, okay, Haitians or, or people who are beneficiaries of uh, this, the TPS, uh, mm -hmm. as far as Haitians are concerned, must uh, stay here. So let's look at the facts now. Right. Because uh, in 2009... Just, just uh, before before the actual earth, earthquake, mm -hmm. uh, Haiti was facing with uh, already a lot of uh, problems. We had uh, deforestation in Haiti. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we had uh, famine. We had uh, all kinds of water. situations. Uh, yes, water, problems with water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at that particular time, and Haiti was actually con it's actually considered as uh, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. That's b right. before 2000, uh, 2010, mm -hmm. before the earthquake. When the earthquake hit on January 12, 2010, so basically, well, you're giving the, the numbers about 200. They don't actually even know that. the numbers of people who died. Wow. But uh, when I try to understand this context, Haiti has a population of 10 billion. So you have a close to 1.5 million people who were, were displaced after the earthquake. You have about 250,000, 300,000. Can you actually even imagine the number of people who died? I can't. The rubble and you know, all these um, situations, all our institutions, our courts, everything was basically uh, yeah, was uh, destroyed. So some people may say, okay, that was uh, in 2010. It's mm -hmm. eight years later. There are other countries like Somalia. Um, uh, you have... Uh, 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 Honduras, Honduras, mm -hmm. you have uh, Nicaragua, El Salvador. Right. They had actually TPS for more than 20 years. The conditions have to be looked at first mm -hmm. in the country to know right. where you're sending these people to. Right. You have uh, camps, a misfit uh, type of tents, or people are still uh, residing. Mm -hmm. After the earthquake, we had uh, the cholera epidemic that oh, took yeah, place that, that same year in October hmm. 2010. You had an additional close to 15,000 people died. Mm -hmm. People were also displaced during that particular time. You had right. 875,000 people who contracted cholera, cholera at that wow. time. And why, how did they contract it? They had an, it was basically proven in research. United Nations have actually sent uh, some soldiers from Naples who came and uh, uh, cholera is endemic in their country. They brought it uh, to Haiti and caused cholera epidemic. Mm -hmm. In October of 2016, we got hit again by Hurricane Matthews. Mm -hmm. Hurricane Matthews again. That was a big disaster. Uh, I remember that one, not to cut you off, Dark. Um, it's almost like Haiti kind of catch a break. Right. January 12, 2010, earthquake. 2016, Matthew, wiped out the Southwest. I mean, I went three days with Dr. Henry Paul, we conduct a mission like 
three days until after that, it was, I never seen anything like that. It's almost like an atomic bomb. Mark, what are you up. seeing? I mean, I mean, you go there and I know that you're bringing your camera and you're taking photos and you're trying to document what's happening in your homeland. What are you seeing when you step onto the island? Uh, to me, I wanna, I wanna show, still capture the dignity of the people. Mm -hmm. I'm not after about the misery. Right. I'm after to mm -hmm. show the beauty and the mm -hmm. honesty of those people and the, the work, the hardworking people, and they got that thing going. And to me, it's to capture the truth mm -hmm. about Haiti. And in 2011, I did a show with Dana Cowan and Sean Penn called The Truth with Sonia Nuntau, mm -hmm. which raised money to send back to Haiti to create tent and to help out with medicine and any way we can. Right. In 2012, Dr. Paul with Noah New York and a group of doctors went to the Northeast, Cape Haitian, um, right now, we keep going every year. We're going on a six-year mm -hmm. over at Calco. We got a clinic. To me, it's about to go out and put your hand dirty. And I cannot stand on the sidewalk. See, my, my I call it might be because the whole Haiti of my family. When one right. of us hurt, we all hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, if I could do just this minuscule thing, I will do whatever I can to help that nation. And then now we got 2018, another catastrophe called mm -hmm. 45 Orange. Wow. That yes. word is so powerful. It's so powerful. They think it's going away with that. They're not going to get away with it. Can you mm -hmm. talk to me about the media portrayal so far? You're going and you're seeing what's happening, and you're, like you said, trying to capture the dignity of your people. But I would say that when I see people talk about Haiti, mm -hmm. typically mm -hmm. in the news, mm -hmm. it is Night. a misery. Fest. Yes. 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 It is yes. consistently but, a misery. Yes. Fest. But what I mean, but tell to me, me that, about how. Like, how do you think that affects? To be perfectly honest, mm -hmm. how do you think that affects the general Americans' view mm -hmm. of not just Haiti, but also then the comments of Forty Five and TPS? Like all of mm -hmm. these things have to be connected, mm -hmm. right? Okay. All the news, like. CNN, Al Jazeera, and CNBC, um, they all got their angles. Mm -hmm. I think Anderson Cooper see it best. There's one shot during the earthquake, some kid got hit by a bottle or a brick. Anderson Cooper was filming it, and he put the camera down to go help that kid. With it. To me, that's the truth, okay? And if you look at his statement a couple nights ago about what the 45 said, to me, that's so, it was almost in tears. He was very emotional about it. So yeah, emotional yeah, about it because cried. he lives in Haiti doing the earthquake for months. Mm -hmm. And that's I saw him on the ground working, not just, not afraid to touch Haitian brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not like President Bush did in, in any wipe his, his impact. But mm -hmm. that's the truth. To me, I'm after the truth. Yes, we're poor. Our, we need infrastructure. We need help. But we're not a shithole. We are the pearl desanti, we are the, 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 the beauty of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And to add to what Mark is saying, you know, Haiti is a, is a country of contrast. Uh, because of being uh, raised in Haiti, the actually, uh, I've seen like, uh, some places in Haiti that are so beautiful that I've not, I've, after I've not seen here. Not to put anything down here, going to some people's houses and to see the luxury that they have. So it's a country of contrast where mm -hmm. you can really see the contrast of someone are driving, like let's say BMW, and you see another mm -hmm. someone very close by, not having anything. Mm -hmm. So what the media does sometimes, sometimes they portray the um, have-nots the, the have only. only. Right. And sometimes it's not really fair, because I do believe that for our youth, for people growing up, they need also to see another is, phase, another another facet 
or of, yes. or, or, or of Haiti also that shows that. This well. is really interesting to me because my friend and mentor, Roxane Gay, wrote a book called An Untamed State, of which a large part is set in Haiti. And one of the things that she wrote in the book was this character whose family was very wealthy and lived in Haiti. And there were people who criticized her and said, you know, you're making things up that doesn't exist in Haiti. And she, of course, was like, you're you're ignorant. This absolutely (laughs) exists in Haiti. Um, So, you know, I'm aware that the media portrayal actually leads to people's really, really um, misguided ideas about what exists in Haiti and what kind of person lives in Haiti. Mm -hmm. And we do have to wrap up really quickly Two seconds, let me make that point. (laughs) The reason the contrast, I'm going to hit the contrast real quick. Okay. Yes, 1% of the country is super rich. Mm -hmm. And then poverty is a business. Mm -hmm. If I could keep you down, I'll keep you down. The same thing with the tax that I just passed. The rich is going to get richer and the the middle class is going to be wiped out Mm -hmm. and you stay with the pool. Right. So... To get balance, you need this person to to help out this person. Right. Otherwise, when the when the when when the the news media go only show the negative, mm-hmm. and then feed that to the world, it, it doesn't do a service. Mm-hmm. It, it, it so that's why I have to everybody. I have to focus. I have to show the the beauty and the people. I appreciate that. I appreciate that so the perspective. much. And really, really quickly, very briefly, if you could just tell people who want to help people, who want to be more educated, people who hear you and they think I want to be the person <laughs> who helps the people of Haiti, what do they do? Where do they go? First of all, buy a ticket and go see for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't take my word for it. Yes, mm-hmm. you might be shocked the first few hours, but as you get to know the people, you stay open to see the beauty, the true beauty of, of this, this amazing country. Mm-hmm. Yes, we all got problems. Who got problems in the United States? Look at Katrina uh, right. in the New Orleans. It's still looking like crazy when you right. pass the, 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 headqu- uh, the, 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 court, the Latin quarters. Right. So there's problem everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mississippi, problem. Look at they're trying to elect somebody that does some crazy Absolutely. things. Mm-hmm. So we at least admit we have problem. We're willing to change it. Mm-hmm. Willing to help one another. But without the diaspora that's helping our country, you know that's what we need to keep more things the dialogue going and at least share that with one another and go yes. for yourself. Buy a ticket. I mean, it was only three hours and twenty minutes away mm-hmm. right. from JFK. You right. could buy a ticket and go see for yourself. All right. We actually have to wrap up. I'm so sorry, Dr. Peck. We really will, like, we will keep talking about this. This is not oh, yeah. something no, no, no. that is going to be it's a one-time conversation. Okay, exactly. And we would love time. to have you back sometime. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We'll Thank love you. That. All right. Next up, we're going to learn how to put our pants on, courtesy of singer-songwriter Amelia Robinson. Amelia, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Ashley. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, about the creative process of creating this album. Where does your inspiration come from? Uh, Well, it came from trying to be very present in the moment of creation and not trying to think about expectations or what the end product should be like. Um, Last year, I took a sabbatical and a year just dedicated to really establishing a healthy relationship with making art and trying to really stay true to that moment that art comes out of your body and what that means. And I think um, it's important that we all kind of practice that being in the moment 
feeling as much as we can. Absolutely, and nobody's better at that than kids, I feel like. Totally, they're like masters of it. I yeah. think it's as we get older that we start to kind of like become socialized and think about the world around us and how we're judged or viewed. And I'm, I would love to play a part in trying to kind of make that period a little bit longer in our lives and really kind of hold on to that, that child imagination and the play yeah. that can benefit us even through our adulthood. So tell me what's coming up for you. So I'm about to release uh, my third kids album, mm -hmm. and it focuses on play, on creative play. Mm -hmm. um, I, I say it shines a light into the creative process to unearth, what is it, unearth um, playful bursts of musical joy, yes. really. Um, so it's a new album coming out that really focuses on um, whatever. Yeah. It's called Ridiculous Nonsense, so it's kind of <laughs> just like, yeah, whatever, came out, this is, you know, modeling behavior that can, you know, maybe help you. Do the same thing. Yeah, be a good one. Yeah. That's how you become a good one. And you have a performance coming up. Yeah, so we're going to have a big album release party mm -hmm. um, as part of my eighth annual Winter Bash. So it's an annual event. We've been doing it since we've started this, so it's like returning eight years old, which is very Aww. exciting. Um, and it's at Shapeshifter Lab in Brooklyn. Uh, it's always a really, really great time. What about political messages in your songs? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I felt like many other artists that I've spoken to that uh, I felt kind of activated, and mm -hmm. I, I wanted to make music in response to everything that's been going on the past year. Uh, and I kind of feel stuck in what my capacity is, and I felt like mm -hmm. music is my strength and a skill and a way to speak to people and communicate a message. So I found um, through my songwriting that that threads of activism and politics and um, openness, mindfulness would come mm -hmm. into these songs. And so I do have a few political songs on this album to promote that, to promote the power of the voice, to promote, active, promote activism and advocacy and the power that we have as an individual within a larger community to really mm -hmm. to make change. So you're going to play something for us today, right? Yes, I certainly am. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, it's called Put Your Pants On. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's my favorite song off the album. And it's about uh, taking that first step in the morning, maybe when you realize there's a whole crazy world out there. Mm -hmm. um, and you just got to get up out of bed and into your pants. Excellent. Start the day. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's okay. hear it. Okay. The leg is to bit in two. Then you shimmy, shimmy, wiggle, wiggle, shimmy, 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 wiggle, 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 shimmy, 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 wiggle. Put your pants on. Put your, put your, put your, put your, put your pants on. Why do we wear pants anyway? So tight against our skin. If I had my little way, I'd never wear pants again. Why do we wear pants anyway? So tight against our skin. If I had my little way, I'd never wear pants again. Come on. I didn't know I was supposed to. So if you okay. gotta do the pants, All right, come on. Gonna... Okay, everybody. Do the pants. Ready? Thing. One, two, three, put your pants on. Put your pants on.
Thanks for joining us today. I'm gonna to be out the rest of the week, but you'll be in the able hands of Brian Vines and Jarrett Murphy. We'll bring you conversations about our year under Trump and the latest crackdowns and protests related to DACA. I hope you can join us and I'll see you next week. 112BK is hosted by me, Ashley Ford, and is produced by Ross Tuttle, Fred Brown, Shireen Bargy, Emily Bogosian, and Kritzi Roberts. Our show is edited by Clinton Filson Jr. and Kyrell Palmer, and is recorded by our studio technical director, Eric Hollison. Our executive producers are Aziz Aisham, Jonathan Leith, and Sasha Mathias. If you want to get in touch, you can leave us a comment, tweet us using the hashtag 112BK, email us at 112BKpodcast at gmail.com, or leave a message at 347-504-0801. And make sure you subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or whichever podcatcher you use. 112BK is part of the Brick Radio family. For more information on this and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio.